Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hey. Oh my God. All right. How do we know it's spring? Like, <laughs> oh my God. We're well, just getting the clocks have changed. Oh, I may have lost an hour in bed, but I've gained an hour of sunlight at the end of my day. Oh, no kidding. So my um, apartment, which is uh, west, northwest facing, northwest facing in Toronto and, and the sun. So in the wintertime, the sun sort of goes quite south, right? So it kind of mm. the, the sunset is barely in view. But in the spring and summer and fall, um, the sunset is just spectacular. And so now we're into like full on sunsets. And I had my yeah. very first balcony sit with a Negroni yesterday watching the sunset. It was I was still my winter jacket with a hood on, but I was sat on my deck chair. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Like a good Canadian. We're like, we're outside. We might be in our, you know, our winter woolens, but we are outside. There's something really nice though, isn't there, about being like fully wrapped up and, Mm. you know, a nice blanket on you, just maybe like a little kind of, you know, bit of kind of fire pit going. It's just really, really nice just to kind of wrap up, get out, face the elements anyway. Yeah. And especially if you've got a sunset to see. A sunset and I'd a, be right there. And a cocktail. Yes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and it was such a boozy Negroni. Like I keep forgetting that like it's all booze. It's some four <laughs> shots, right? So I'm just drinking this thing and I was like, holy shit, I'm wasted. And it was like a Sunday <laughs> afternoon and I was like, man, I'm wasted by myself. This is this is not great. <laughs> I'm just a bit of a lightweight, but it was so wonderful. Uh, it's spring. You're allowed to life. day drink. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Absolutely. It was wonderful. Yeah. So what's going on in your springtime over in Jersey? Yeah, it's just really nice to see some sunshine and just get out, get some nice walks. Just, I don't know, I think you're more open to catching up with people, aren't you? So feeling very kind of loved up and just connected. And Mm. I just think there's more and more opportunities that seem to be around. People want to do things more. I don't know, you can just feel Mm. there's more life. It is. People are coming out of hibernation. Yeah. We start to look at our um, yeah. our homes like, oh my God, this dust and this clutter. Like, because we've been just sort of nesting all this winter, right? And yeah. then the, the sun, the angle of the sun shifts and we're like, oh Jesus, I have to go and clean everything. And that's where the spring yeah. cleaning yeah. Uh, comes in and that inclination to get outside and to uh, yeah. uh, cavort around with our friends, acquaintances, maybe start dating, you know, the whole thing. The whole thing. Take some risks and take some leaps. <laughs> Springtime. Oh yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yes, let's do it. So um, what is the correspondent doing at the relationship desk of love? How's her springtime going? <laughs> well, Funny if you are asked. thinking of springing into a, a new relationship, then Ooh. I may have some help for you at hand. I, you know I need this. <laughs> <laughs> So I've been hearing a lot recently about AI and a lot about kind of chat GBT. If you haven't heard about this, mm-hmm. don't know being because you cannot get away from it. Oh my God. Yep. <laughs> and if you start playing around with it, it's massively addictive. <laughs> yep. I just find there's more and more things that kind of 
just make us be more connected to technology, rely on it. I was also listening to a podcast the other week that said kind of our brains are shrinking because we literally cannot think for ourselves. Um, And that'll be why this new service has been created. So new relationship chatbot powered by AI provides dating advice. Oh my God. Oh my God. I love this already. Okay. Yes. Have you ever struggled to come up with a witty and alluring first message that makes, that will make the dating app match instantly fall in love with you? Mm. Well, now there's an AI for that. London-based startup Elate has launched an AI-powered dating assistant called Dara, and it's believed to be the first chatbot specifically for chat, uh, for dating advice. According to Elite, Dara is designed to help singles and couples navigate every stage of their dating relationship journey. Hmm. Maybe we'll be able to have a job here, Anna. Oh my gosh, (laughs) yes. (laughs) And it offers tools to help you analyze and improve your dating profiles, as well as date ideas and tips on how to improve communication. Oh my God, this is hilarious. And in fact, I think the Canadian government right now is actually, which is, I don't know, our it's kind of weird how sometimes we bring things under the purview of government when really is this this is not chat gbt is bigger than all of us like there's no way to sort of assess like is this a good or a bad thing for our society we have no mm. choice folks it's here it's here it's it happening. will be it's writing life. our university papers like it's going to be writing our proposals at work like everything has changed yeah. so yeah Oh my gosh, there's no choice. Will I be put out of a job? Probably. But that <laughs> no, that just means I have to sort of leap on top and the on the front part of the wave, right? And find another part that's leading that AI hasn't been able to figure out yet. But yes, this is here. Okay, so what do you what questions would you put to uh dating advice from ChatGPT? Well, I think it's interesting, isn't it? That bit about kind of what's my first message? What's my profile? Mm. They're all the things that we really generally struggle with because we want to make a certain impression or mm. we want to, uh, you know, we want to stand out. We don't want to sound, you want to stand out, but you don't want to sound weird. Like mm. <laughs> It's like a real kind of feels like you're, you walk in some sort of tightrope and you could fall off at any given moment. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine, if not that I'm in the market for dating, just in case my partner ever listens to us on the podcast, which I think he stopped doing about three years ago. <laughs> we started recording three years ago, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, no, I think he listened to about the first four episodes and then tuned out. And he was like, this is just causing me hypertension. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but just in case you are listening, my love, I'm not on any dating apps or in the market. Thank you very much. Absolutely not. But I imagine if I was then they would be some of the things that I'd kind of struggle with. But what I find kind of really hard about this is, so if I'm resorting to a chatbot, AI, something, you know, outside of human existence to help me to create this, what happens when we meet and we go on a date and I'm just not that funny? Oh my God. Yes. That's the thing, right? I'm not that intelligent or I don't use the same words or... So I think there is a bit of kind of accepting who we are. It's like catfishing for the, you know, 2023. Yeah. 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 So we've got to accept who we are. We've got to accept that actually, if I'm kind of struggling. So so Mm. I think it's one thing to kind of, you know, to look to these services to try and help to get us started, but don't lose sight of your own voice and sharing that voice and just being you, right? Mm Because it's the same thing around, 
you know, putting some photograph on from 20 years ago because you thought you looked hotter then. Like, as soon oh as you turn God. up, you are not that 20-year-old that you it were. Just, it just, no amount of glowing personality is going to make that person be like, I'm just going to overlook that you misrepresented yourself on your profile because yeah. you're just so darn great. You're not. And that person will, you know, it's funny. I've actually, there are people who will actually leave the date at the very beginning if they've been catfished. They'll be like, I'm sorry, mm. you misrepresented yourself and I'm not even yeah. going to continue on this date. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's you've got, the thing. You've got to stop doing that, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. These, these dates are never going to go go well. If you keep putting on these old I pictures like and... Asking getting, for a friend. Getting someone else to write your profile for you. <laughs> Guys, just saying, it hasn't gone well. <laughs> on my dating profile, I've actually aged myself. I actually make myself a bit older, just so that there's no possibility that somebody meeting will be... Because it's always like, hey, you're a bit better than I thought you'd be. <laughs> that's always great. It's just as bad. Just no, but it's for you. Stop it. Oh, I know, I know. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Neither better nor worse. Just be me. That's right. But yes. Yes. The thing is, is if you well, okay, so one day there will we will we will be perpetually dating through and having relationships through avatars. Like there will be people who will probably live out full relationships as their avatar, right? Who has what? a certain appearance that they chose. That was the scariest movie in the world that I ever saw though was her. Where this, where people yeah. are dating computers. I mean, it is. There's going to be a lot of us who will choose to do that for. But for the folks who will choose to have a real flesh and blood live relationship with somebody, it's best to take the veil off. Well, yeah. never have the veil on to begin with, and just uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's a hard act to follow. To be perfectly honest, like as a people pleaser, right? I'm really getting into this. Uh, I'm just so aware of how. I enthusiastically misrepresent myself at the start of a relationship and really mm. like set a very high bar for myself that I can't even <laughs> match. Yeah. So I'm realizing in my dating, I kind of have to kind of come down to reality and be like, mm. yeah, I'm kind of interesting, but I'm also pretty boring. And yeah, I'm kind of this, but I'm also a lot of that. So yeah, the more we can just kind of keep an even keel at the start, it just, <laughs> it's a little bit more realistic to live up to as days goes on. The thing is, it doesn't matter who you are, what you what your interests are, what you like doing. You're not anything. You're just you're just you. So you're not boring. You're not mm. uninspiring. You're not any of those negative words that we like to kind of label. Mm -hmm. I'm me, and there'll be somebody out there that's looking for somebody just like me. Mm. Just need to connect the two. Yeah. And if you're you, you're effortless. And if you can connect with somebody who appreciates that that je ne sais quoi that you've got. Mm -hmm then it means that you'll be able to live. Relationships are hard enough and keeping yeah. up a facade of something you're not just adds a lot more weight to the bar you're trying to carry. Absolutely. So might as well live in ease and then fight all the shit that you have to in your relationship, yeah. but at least as yourself. Take a few rocks out of the backpack. That is how we cope. That is why we coach. That is true. <laughs> all right. Oh, that has okay. gotten me fired up, Sarah. I tell you. We are... Right, ready to go we are rocking and rolling rocking and rolling all right shall we hot topic yes let's go bring it back down now <laughs> <laughs> what i thought i'd be on cocaine for the whole <laughs> recording joking there are no stimulants this is sti this is a stimulant free zone guys drug free say no to drugs okay sorry spring sarah spring has got me it has infected me with this bug 
okay. All right, bring it back down. Keep it on track. Keep it on track. Okay. I'm ready. Can you recover when you feel totally defeated? Oh, God. This wasn't a personal question, just to you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. uh, Can you recover? Yeah, no, no, but I'm. I'm going to draw some personal and professional uh, inspiration from from looking at this question. When you feel defeated, it feels mm. forever permanent and unescapable. Like that yeah. feeling is so hard. Yeah. So hard. Yeah. In the moment, it does not feel like it. No, it doesn't. And I think we talk a lot on this podcast about hope and holding on to hope and Believing that something is possible, believing that it's possible to change, mm. believing that we are in a, just a moment in time. Mm. Um, so I often talk about kind of, you know, when the kids were little, I talk about ages and stages. Mm. And I think now, like, my focus a lot of the time is is on kind of this is just a moment. Mm. All the things that you're feeling, all the hurt, all the devastation, the lack of energy, the... Um, The desire to just completely take yourself away from the situation, to avoid it, Mm -hmm. that need to withdraw, to cut off, to isolate, all of those things are natural feelings, but they're not feelings and emotions that are going to stay there forever. Mm. Oh, yes. Okay. And what does that free us up then? What is that state of it or that the, the reality of impermanence? What does that free us up to be able to do or to think? Or to feel? Because we know it's not going to last forever, we know that there's going to be an end to it at some stage. Mm-hmm. And therefore, there's some hope and some possibility when we look to the future that there is a way out of this. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like, um, so I've been listening to a lot of stuff about kind of the nervous system and how, you know, you've got all this connection with your kind of gut and and just how we're all kind of we're interconnected in the body and um we've got all this kind of intergenerational influence that happens mm-hmm. at a cellular mm-hmm. level so kind of when you listen to it all you can like you step away from that and you think well, what is the point of any of it because i'm not mm-hmm. either i'm not in control or everything's insurmountable there's so much conflict and advice out there like i don't even know kind of what i should be doing mm-hmm. um and it can feel overwhelming But one of the kind of parts that's really connected with that and connected with kind of anxiety and overwhelm and um, how do we just kind of reduce a lot of that is the mere kind of simple use of breath. So we use it in coaching sessions. If somebody comes in and they are really Mm -hmm. like, you know, they're up to the top of the ceiling, they are hyped up, their kind of anxiety levels, you can see it in their body language, you can hear it in the way that they speak, you can, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just there. It's kind of like bam, hits you. And so often the simplest technique that you can do is just say, look, can I ask you to just kind of share some deep breaths with me? Mm, Are you open to just Mm. taking some time? And in that kind of three second, five second opportunity, we know that we've made a change. We've shifted something because Mm. we've just calmed down the nervous system. We've stopped that, Mm. that kind of you know fight flight situation that's going on and we've just kind of brought it back down we start to neutralize some of it Mm -hmm. and so if we apply that same analogy to kind of this hot topic around kind of you know can I really recover when I feel so defeated the answer's got to be yes right Mm -hmm. because if we can change our physiological state in the say in the space of three to five seconds Mm -hmm. 
then surely we can kind of shift ourselves out of this kind of defeated, depleted state with a little bit more effort than kind of three to five seconds. Mm -hmm. And we can put some active work in and we always as kids are now learning these days in terms of emotional regulation and riding out the storm, you know, riding out emotional storms is, and also if you just stand still, hunker down and ride it out, time Mm. is going to bring you a new emotional state, guaranteed. It is not possible to stay in one emotional state forever. Even a few hours, right? Overnight, sleep on it. You will wake up. Even if things are as shitty the next morning, your emotional state will have changed. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, sleep and rest and nourishment, taking care of yourself are all really important steps to help us to move beyond some of these devastating stages that we might feel like we're in. Mm-hmm. So we've really got to look at what is what is really going to help me right now? What is it I need? That kind of self-care, that self-compassion. Mm-hmm. You know, in some ways, I feel like it's just another thing that has become kind of modernized, mainstream, like we're all kind of talking about it, but we're not really kind of tapping into it. And we're also not using it in the right way or when we Mm. really kind of need it. Um, You know, it's become a kind of, I suppose it's just become that kind of instant rescue remedy. And that's kind of... Oh, it's diluted it in a big way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, but I do think in this situation, we shouldn't overlook some of these, those simpler factors in life that are actually easier to start to put into practice but will give you such a massive kind of lift when you're feeling really depleted and devastated by life yeah yeah and and other things like whether self-care or whatnot just sort of shifting to kind of some some people um talk about going into their cave a little bit so Mm. retreating a bit hibernating a bit getting away from people excusing yourself saying hey guys just gonna sit in for the night you know but the other thing too that can be really helpful for my, for my folks is not perpetuating the sense of distress by reacting in the moment. Just something I have yeah. to remember. Don't send emails until the following morning. Don't have charged conversations until the following day. Anything that would be a reaction, a knee-jerk reaction to this yeah. acute distress, put a little sticky note on wherever it needs to be put on as to like you are not taking any action tonight yeah. in this emotional state. Yeah. Because you're likely going to do something that you regret that doesn't reflect the emotional state that you'll be in hours later. Yeah, yeah. And you don't want to fuel that drama as well. It's like, how can I stop putting fuel, giving fuel to the fire? Yeah. How can I stop those, you know, how can I stop encouraging the flames to kind of rise even higher? It does. I mean, drama begets drama like cat fur to a freaking black pants. Like it just... And we know drama machines. We probably are one. I am one. <laughs> I look at others and like, you've got so much worse off. But like drama <laughs> machines, for sure. It just, it begets, it attracts, it creates more drama. Yeah, just yeah. taking that pause, that time out, like we would put a toddler in the court. Well, is that, wait, is that legal anymore? I don't think so. But anyways, <laughs> okay, just saying. I don't know where you're putting that toddler. (laughs) Uh, Just a structured timeout for for a kid who's like really emotionally Mm. off the chain to be able to sort of just take a breath and just Mm. calm down. That's why we we need to service our own inner toddler to be able to like calm down, take a little timeout and breathe. Yeah. 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 So, you know, will this feeling of depletion, dismay, like last forever Mm. 
No. But what can you do? Like if you've done self-care and the acute emotions have, have gone, but still there's this unease, right? You're still left with a sense of unease. There's still a situation to be resolved, right? It's not that, you know, holding space for yourself is going to fix the circumstances. So how do you then start to collect a response, not the reaction, but a response? Yeah. Let's say the morning after. So you're right, it's not going to fix the situation, but we've got to try and kind of somehow assess where we're at in an objective way, which is the reason for trying to kind of calm everything down a bit. Mm. It's the reason to try and kind of, you know, ret- retreat and repair and get into a position where we're more able to respond as opposed to react. Mm. So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get the right environment. We're trying to get the right um, kind of tools together. And, you know, we want to really start to to have some awareness about what's happening. So mm. how do I truly, really understand what's going on? And it might be, um, you know, it might be something as simple as kind of just writing it down. Start mm. kind of, you know, I don't even have to write it, just start typing it and have kind of a bit of a stream of consciousness about what's happening and um, and where some of this stuff is coming from. Mm-hmm. I think we then, you know, need to, to look at what are the options um, you know, what's available right now? Like, how can mm. I, mm-hmm. what are some of the possibilities? And this is why we've got to be in a, in a different mind space to be able to do this work. Mm-hmm. We can't do it when we're at rock bottom and feel total hopelessness. Mm-hmm. You know, if we ask the, if you ask the question at that stage, you're probably not going to be willing to listen to yourself or provide any answers or be open to what suggestions might come your way. So once we've kind of gone through that stage of nourishment and we kind of feel a little bit better about life and ourselves, we can ask the question, you know, like if there was an answer or a solution to where I am right now, what would that look like for me? Ah, uh-huh. Okay. So straight away there, you're starting off with the fact that there is, there is a possibility. Uh, I'm saying if, you know, if there was an answer, let's just imagine for a second that, that, that there isn't, that there is an answer or a solution. Yeah. What would that look like? Ah, I like that. I like that. And that's bringing you right within your own sphere of control. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is also gently nudging you out of the victim mode, which, um, it was really cool to, to see a client who for years had kind of felt the victim in, in, in her, um, spouse's behavior. And then all of a sudden was like, wait a minute, I have a, I have shit that I need to fix. This feels great because it was a gentle (laughs) nudge into like, what are the things that I can actually take accountability? Like, what would a solution look like? Meaning if I were the master of my own ship, how do I, how do I steer in the direction I want to head in? Yes. Fantastic. And then what? (laughs) What's the next step after that? (laughs) Taking notes. (laughs) So then it's about exploring those possibilities. So, you know, ideally you'll come up with with more than one option because the robes are, and I can assure you right now, doesn't matter what situation you're in, there are multiple possibilities to get out of it. Mm. The only thing that's standing in your way is you mm-hmm. because you don't believe right now that they are possible. Therefore, mm-hmm. you're keeping yourself stuck in that place that you're in that you're not enjoying. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, yes. I guess taking the responsibility is is a hard thing, I think, because um, being victim victim mode is just so sanctioned, I guess, or just blaming other people. It is such a 
um, it's something that we all sort of like really put a lot of energy into in in society. So it's just well, it's it's yeah. easy to fall into it, right? And we see yeah. we do, we we see it play out around us all the time. So we see evidence of this all the time. We're yeah. kind of we've got these role model behaviors around us all the time, and that's one of them to go into that kind of warbetide me mode or it's everybody else's fault. Mm-hmm. But when we're stuck in that place, we are never able to get the keys to the car and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, get to a destination we mm-hmm. want to be in. Mm-hmm. I, I thought about like, cause it's spring, right? So I was just thinking about like, yeah, get in the damn driver's seat and take off on this beautiful spring, summer, no spring, beautiful spring, Sunday drive down a beautiful mm. country road, going as fast as the law will allow you, the wind <laughs> in your hair, preferably a convertible. Which is, a, which is about five miles an hour in Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> then the Autobahn. <laughs> maybe not Maybe not that slow. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm exaggerating yeah. for effect. Yeah. But yeah, it is about saying, right, do you know what? Like, if I look at, if I'm forced to come up with five possibilities, what would that look like? Mm. So, and then, you know, from that, okay, which, if any, sound appealing right now? Mm. Um, Is there anything that I could actually do today? And if it's not doing all of it, if I then kind of break that down, what would be one thing that I could do from one of them today? Yeah. Yeah. Just one thing. Yeah. Yeah. It only ever takes one small step to get you beginning with anything that you want to do. Um. But the belief that none of it's possible or it's not worth it or I want to guarantee before I even begin <sighs> will just keep you stuck. Yeah. Sometimes you've just got to say, do you know what? I'm willing to kind of go out on a bit of a limb here. Am I comfortable that I might kind of fail or I might lose something or risk something? Is that better or worse than where I am right now? Oh, my gosh. And that hits for some reason, because I I have a lot of folks who are thinking of doing some kind of crazy out there things, Um, Mm -hmm. taking a big risk that has a potential big reward at the end of it and potentially loss at the end of it too. And you have two options. You can either leave that undiscovered and just sit in your comfort zone and be like, ah, it's too much of a risk. I'm not going to take that. Or, you know, yep, I'm going to risk heart. And and again, the biggest risk is always with your heart. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. always heartbreak. Um, but I, I have a number of people who are like, I want to guarantee before this is, you know, before I venture out and there are no guarantees and nobody can guarantee, for example, to take care of your heart. Like sometimes you got to leap towards something and you know, we, yeah, there are, there are no safety nets. Yeah. But it's never black and white, right? So it's not, should I take the risk? Should I not take the risk? Mm. You know, there's other options. So what, you know, one of those might be, okay, if I'm really dead set on doing this, how do I slightly de-risk it? Yeah. So now you've got three options instead of two. Ah, yeah, right, right, right. And we start to yeah. expand that. Okay. It might yeah. be, all right, Who do I know anybody who has done this same thing before? Mm-hmm. In which case, can I go and have a conversation with them to find out how they did it? So now I've got four options. Oh, I love that. So okay, this is a fun game. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I want to add a fifth option, which is... <laughs> How do I strengthen my boundaries so that I'm making a decision in choice with the strongest hand of cards so that I might be taking a big risk, but I'm also like really like attending to my boundaries so that risky, but it's not something uh, completely, it's not complete stupidity uh, in terms of putting myself out there. 
Yeah, I'm coming oh, from so a place of, of um, strength. Yeah. Okay, this has put me in a bit of a mood to uh, consider some of these springtime <laughs> risks, which I think that we're now more apt to do coming out of our caves and hibernation shells. I feel like you need time out before we go to the question. <laughs> Wait, are we? Oh, we're still at the hot topic? Oh my good God. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're right. I thought we were done. <laughs> I thought I was oh. switching on and going into, going into process mode. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. Somebody get me a drink. <laughs> okay. Food for thought to be continued. Really hitting. This is great. This is lots of good stuff. Okay. <laughs> Can we tempt you with a question? Oh my god, I'm very tempted. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Today's question. I'm in a relationship and I follow lots of other guys on Instagram. Is this going to damage my relationship with my partner? Mmm. Mmm. All right. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> You know, this is, this is like, this is a modern day problem, right? Because yes. could you imagine yeah. 50 years ago going, I'm in a relationship, but I like to follow other men and women around. <laughs> Do you so think true. this is going to be a problem for us? Like oh. you wouldn't just be, I mean, that's stalking, right? You'd get into trouble with the law for oh, that. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Yes. This is such like yeah. a modern day challenge that never yeah. would have been a thing. It, it is. It's because of our ability relatively anonymously to get very intimate and uh, very proximal to other people's lives, strangers' lives. Yeah, modern it's day just, It's a weird issues. thing, right? Yeah, the digital age. Yeah. So there's a lot of places that this can go. Like, I think what this person is asking is like, if they are in a relationship with a man and they're following a bunch of men on Instagram, is that something that's going to cultivate jealousy? Um to your point, I think the larger question, I mean, I have a lot of, I always have questions when I think about like, how long are you spending online? How much mm. of your life is spent online and down that rabbit hole as opposed to sort of yeah. living life and paying attention and putting in effort to your flesh and blood relationship? Well, apparently my screen time was up 5% last week. Oh, oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> so that tells me I've spent more time online than maybe oh. I should have done. Okay. Okay. <laughs> The best of us have that, right? Especially if we're going through stuff, right? Um, I've kind of been, uh, I didn't read the book, uh, Indistractable uh, by Nir Iyer, but he has a great 19 minutes on uh, interview with The Atlantic and just sort of talking about how digital distraction is with all of us. We are all yeah. scrolling way too much. And what it yeah. is, time management is pain management. We are uh, dulling ourselves from emotional distress and discomfort. So just saying. Mm. You know, if our yeah. if we if our scrolling bumps by five percent, it's probably because we were having a stressful week or we wanted to avoid something that was feeling a little bit hard. But this person, oh, there were a lot of really funny reels that came. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. Well, TikTok is in front of Congress right now, so like everything is hilarious right now. So that's true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the algorithm knows that you like these funny things, and that's oh what keeps god. you there. <laughs> so yeah, the algorithm knows more of them. Oh my god, totally. I know I'm being suckered in. <laughs> Absolutely. So how is this person getting suckered in then? Yeah. Well, there's a few things in there. So that that whole kind of phone phenomena, distraction thing, like we're all mm. faced with it. And we've all got to kind of challenge ourselves on um, how much time in the real world we're spending versus how much time we're spending in this kind of bizarre online world of kind of non-reality a lot of the time mm -hmm. or distraction. So... 
we've got to, to look at that and, and kind of challenge ourselves to, to be better in that area. I think that's something that we're, we're all kind of faced with mm-hmm. because, you know, 50 years ago, we didn't have these things. And, uh, you know, maybe the only thing that was distracting was bit TV and there was four channels to pick from and that was it. And mm. um, that was your lot. So you probably kind of you know it was easier to spend some more time Mm -hmm. uh, just focusing on the things that are important so the first the first area is really kind of looking at you know so I'm following all these guys you know like why like what do you get out of it Mm -hmm. um do you think that it's a danger to your relationship Mm -hmm. but also do you perceive that your partner thinks it is as well because then we'll get to the kind of challenge of, or we'll get to the root of whether there is actually a challenge to be had here or not. Yeah, I think this is actually where um, there's an opportunity to ask the same question three times. Like my friend says, is that you can kind of call yourself on your own bullshit if you ask the same question three times. Like, is this a problem? No, it's not. Whatever. Rationalizing, rationalizing. Is it a problem? Mm, Whatever. Third time. Is this a problem? Could this be a problem? Mm. Sometimes when we have, it can be felt in this discomfort in our tummy, like this real kind of gnawing, just very subtle nausea where we realize that there's nothing objectively wrong with it, Hmm. but there's something off about it that sits uncomfortably with us. And the answer is actually in that subtle feeling. Yeah. The other thing that could be playing out here is we get stuck in a kind of old narrative of behavior. Hmm where we and then we kind of carry those on in when we're in a relationship because we haven't really kind of figured out that actually that was an old me and I'm not that kind of interested in anymore that would be something else that I would really explore is Mm. is this just like an habitual thing that you're used to following guys that you I'm guessing you find them attractive I don't know I'm Mm. not a kind of I wouldn't necessarily kind of follow somebody because I I, I was attracted to them or the way that they look Mm. which Mm. I think is something that kind of you know we get faced with or questioned about don't we so I can't I can't quite kind of understand why but I'm guessing that it must be because it's some form mm. of attraction or you know maybe you just like the way that they talk or I don't know mm. but yeah. is that something that you're just used to doing and therefore mm. it's more a habit that you haven't really consciously thought about breaking yet oh and when it comes to scrolling absolutely a lot of our patterns have um, just turned into sort of this pattern dopamine hit, like we're like mm. the little mouse, like hitting the little, what was the opium, I don't know, thing, right? And just filling ourselves up with things that we have in the past associated with uh, sort of emotional release, relief or numbing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. I have a lot of clients right now who are deactivating and de- uninstalling TikTok, Instagram, like whatever platform they really have a trouble with, the Mm. the place that they turn to first when they're feeling low or they're feeling bored or they're feeling emotionally distressed. Mm. Because you're right, just calling attention to like, how is that serving you now? What are you getting out of it? And a lot of people will be like, I don't know what I'm getting out of it. Same as smoking, same as alcohol. Um, Yeah, gambling. Like, I don't know what I'm getting out of it. I just do it. Yeah. Because it feels good. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I mean, maybe this is one thing of many that you can think of, like, what are some old patterns you're bringing into this new relationship? And how would you like to spring clean it? Speaking of spring, Mm. to start to become more intentional of the way that you we do a lot of things, shitty things, honestly, by pattern, because we've done them before. And we somehow feel like, oh, our partner should our new partner should get to know us how we are. Well, like, how you are? Is that kind of shitty? (laughs) Could it (laughs) could it do with a fresh, fresh coat of paint? Right? Or like, Mm. you know, a decluttering. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. How would you sort of approach like safe or appropriate use of social media in a relationship or even outside of a relationship? Like what is, how do you navigate sort of safe boundaries with that? I think everyone's got to come up with their own definition of kind of what they feel safe with or what they're happy with and content with. But if you're questioning something like this listener is questioning a, you know, a specific use of a part of social media, then there's some reason why that has come up for you. Mm. And that's where the exploration starts to say, all right, well, why is it? Why am I asking the question now? Mm. What is it? Um, you know, maybe there's a bit kind of guilt there or embarrassment kind of that I'm doing this. And, you know, mm. maybe I don't want my partner to know that this is what I do. Mm. Often we don't even know what people are doing online. We haven't got a clue. Like yeah. the things that pop up for me will be different to the things that pop up for my partner. Like sometimes they're the same. I'll say, oh, I saw this really funny reel the other day and this is what it was about. And he's like, oh yeah, I've seen that. And so mm. sometimes there'll be some kind of, you know, shared viewing that you've had other times he'll he'll get faced with completely different things to me which absolutely boggles my mind the fact that we can all go to a type of social media and be presented with absolutely completely different things because there is just billions and billions of bits of information floating around in the ether it is bonkers it is and to our hot or to our relationship news, which is chat GPT, like it is all with us right now in the here and now, like this yeah. targeted algorithmic, yeah. you know, customization of, of distractible numbing content. Yeah. And every one of us is, uh, is uh, susceptible. Yeah. But I think it is, you know, it's about finding your own limits. It's finding your own boundaries. It's about weighing it up in the, in the context of your overall relationship. Like, how happy are we? Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's not, and and we know that we have kind of moments that are high, moments that are low, and the, then there's this kind of general, you know, general consensus of kind of mood and, and how I feel. But on the whole, you know, how satisfied am I with my relationship? Is there something that I need to change? And is my use of social media part of that? Yeah. And if you weren't scrolling on social media, how might you be uh, purposing that time in a different way, neither good nor bad? Mm. If you had more time in the day because you were scrolling on Instagram less, what would you be doing instead? Mostly getting out of bed earlier. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Or going to bed earlier. I had an alarm on my phone that was like, um, because I, some obnoxiously like, you know, I went to bed late yesterday, actually editing. Um, but, uh, and my, my alarm clock was like, um, do we need to set a bedtime reminder? Because you're, yeah. you're now slated based on your alarm that you set in the morning to get five and a half hours of sleep. So that's unhealthy. So in the vein of tech trying to save us from ourselves <laughs> or tech trying to save us from tech. Um, yeah, <laughs> maybe it'll get us out of bed earlier and get us to better, but earlier. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe. I was like, no tech, I'm not going to allow you to like dictate my bedtimes. (laughs) No. (laughs) And then two hours later, holy shit, you've dictated my bedtime again. (laughs) Right? Oh, God, I refuse. I refuse. I maintain the sovereign right to make all sorts of ridiculous, shitty decisions about my (laughs) sleep. (laughs) Yep, you and me both. Yeah. But when I'm a physician in the clinic room, I'm like, Hey, I think you need to improve your sleep. Don't do what I don't say what I do and do what I say, not what I do. 
Yeah, do not follow my life rules. Don't follow They're my life working. rules. <laughs> the same as funny, I have a lot of advice to give for patients for footwear, right? Because a lot of people come in with foot and knee complaints. And usually I'm wearing a really sassy high, you know, high, high heel pair of shoes. And so I tell them, I'm like, look, you need a really nice, well supportive, good quality running shoe, but don't look at my shoes because they're terrible. And I have bunions. <laughs> so do the exact opposite of what you're seeing me do. Because <laughs> I'm the doctor and I can make up my own rules. Oh, it's awesome. Oh, hypocrisy. Uh, oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Isn't that always the way? It is. So how are you going to be in enjoying the spring week ahead as we march on towards summer? Summer dresses. Well, do you know what? It's just so nice to see kind of just lighter nights. Just, mm. I don't know, it just makes you more energized. Like we've got a few things to just get sorted at home. You're more likely to do some of that and or get mm. out for a walk or, you know, go to the gym, take a class. Yeah. It just makes you more, feel more alive, I think. You, you got it. I was remembering you talking about the beautiful yoga that you have with a, um, with the windows and doors open. And this yeah. will be the new, the first summer in your new home. <gasps> can't wait. We've got proper grown up posh doors. I can't Ooh. wait. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm going to stay tuned. Uh, so yeah, lots of outdoor, top up the vitamin D, get ready for, yeah. um, for the time that we need it. Mm, you've got it. All right. A happy spring, everyone. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Till next time. Till next time. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.